Cricket Life Stories with me, Neil Kagram. Today we're joined by Michael Yardi. Mike, thank you for your time. How are you keeping during these uh, strange times that we're all living in? Yeah, it's, it's strange times. Um, I think we're coping just about okay. Um, as I said, it's um, very difficult for some people, so we're kind of fortunate in, in that sense. So, uh, yeah, you just adapt, don't you, and, um, yeah, and just find different ways of doing stuff. Yeah, so let's take it all the way back with yourself, born in, born in Pembury, Kent. What first attracted you to cricket? Um, I think I started playing cricket just because my dad used to play. So I used to go along on a Saturday um, kind of afternoon and just kind of hang around the kind of boundary and get in the nets. And yeah, just had always from a young age had a kind of bat and ball in my hand. And um, and yeah, I, I think I probably started playing cricket when I was six, seven, that kind of age. And um and to be honest with you, that, well, I, it wasn't, I certainly wasn't a natural. I think it was only when I was kind of 10 where I started to kind of click. I think, you know, some, I, see, I think you see some videos now, kids kind of three or four on the internet and they're absolutely unbelievable. But for me, I was very, very uncoordinated and it kind of took me a few years to kind of, kind of get the game really. So, Any childhood heroes that you're trying to aspire to? Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I, I always, I never ever I, I kind of, Spite to them, but I mean, I, I think I love watching Brian Lara bat, and I think I suppose the three he would be kind of one player I'm, I've just watched, and 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 um, yeah, just just love kind of his bat lift and everything about the way he played the game was was so exciting, and um, yeah, I suppose you know when you're with a tennis ball on a bat, you're trying to kind of replicate, but getting nowhere near it. Um, and then from an English point of view, even though as a right-hander, but Graham Gooch was. You know, big hero of mine. I remember watching him in those kind of 89 and 93 Ashes against Australia and England seemed to be kind of really struggling and, you know, struggling to score runs. And um, especially in 93, I just remember watching Graham Gooch and he always seemed to come out and take the attack to the Aussies. So, um, and, and watching him score his 3-3-3 against India and watching that on TV. So he was a big one. And then, and then as a, as a left-hander, uh, kind of a little bit later, is, is Graham Thorpe, someone, you know, I think he's a classy left-hander and, you know, was one of England greats and, um, you know, played through some, you know, difficult era. I think in those days, you know, the West Indies were very strong. Um, Australia, obviously, very strong. There's some very, very, you know, Pakistan, Wacker Yunus, Wazi Makram. So there's some very, very strong bowling attacks and he always seemed to, you know, stand up and have a lot of the answers. So he was someone I definitely admired. And then your club side growing up, um, what were they called? So I played at, um, at firstly at Battle, um, which was kind of just outside Hastings, actually very close to the kind of where the Battle Hastings took place. Um, so that was, uh, yes, I played there. It was interesting because the village ground weren't allowed to hit sixes because it was so small. So even if you hit it over the, over the boundary, you're going to get four. Um, and then when I started to um, enjoy my time there, it was, it was great to kind of be able to play kind of Saturday, Sunday, and then have that kind of experience of playing men's cricket, which is, I think, was was big for me. And as a youngster, I think, you know, I was playing men's cricket when I was kind of nine, ten, and that was a, you know, not necessarily at the highest level, but I think playing with and against men was um, was massive for me in terms of my development, in terms of, you know, being in a, a dressing room and kind of understanding how kind of the banter works. And I think that was really important for me. Um, and then I moved to Hastings, um, and and that was a, you know, really successful club team at the time um, in the Sussex League and, and did well in national championships as well and I think again that taught me about kind of being part of a team and a club and you know all the kind of traditions and you know and, and learning how 
you know, how to play as a team. That was huge for me as a kind of 15 year old, I think, kind of actually all the kind of things that are really important, kind of looking after your teammates and things like that. So that, that was really, really both, both clubs gave me really good groundings of kind of going on to have a professional career. Now, when did Sussex recognise your talent? Did you come through the academy? So I know that you played actually second eleven cricket whilst you're at school. Correct in saying, but did you actually come yeah. through the academy? Or yeah, I kind of. I mean, the academy was just starting when I came through. So I, I start. I played for Sussex since kind of under tens all the way through, um, and the second team game I played, I think, was fifteen. Um, so I played a few games at fifteen, a few games at sixteen, and played quite a lot seventeen and nineteens. I played. Yeah, I played kind of a lot of Sussex under 17s. I didn't play a very little under 19 cricket because I think when I got to kind of 17, I was playing second team cricket. So I missed out on under 19 cricket, which I think it's it's an interesting one because I think now we don't seem to see, you know, teams play too many counties in under 19 teams. So I think a lot of players who potentially, it's slightly different to me in terms of they maybe, you know, a little bit later in kind of developing might get lost. You know, they might not be ready for second team cricket, but, you know, Actually, that under nineteen in playing two and three day cricket, then that's I think that's quite important. So, so yeah, so I, um, so I kind of the academy system probably came in just a couple of years after after I kind of had been a professional. And then you made your debut in a NatWest one day game in nineteen ninety nine, at Hertfordshire. Did you know at that age that you wanted to be a professional cricketer? So was you a young man still at that age? Yeah, that was for the Sussex Cricket Board. I think my because uh, that's I will see it as my first ever list eight game for Sussex, but it was a uh, cricket board game, so it was a League Eleven game. My first, I think, actual game was again the same year against Sri Lanka A. Um, I think so. I think from I remember going on a tour to uh, the West Indies to Barbados with the kind of Sussex. I suppose it would have been an academy team because it was lads from uh, fifty. I think I was fifteen, sixteen at the time, and then lads who were twenty. So it was kind of very, it was always a type of academy tour. And I think at that point, I, I did quite well on that tour. And at that point, I kind of recognised that, you know, I had, I had a good chance of being a professional. But I think, I think at that, that's all you think about. You think about, well, for me, it was about, I just want to be a professional and then kind of go from there. So, um, yeah, I think from about probably 16, 17, I realised I had a, had a good chance. And it would be fair to say the start of your career you didn't quite nail down a spot in the first team you kind of in and out the side I know say 2002 you played made 10 appearances the following two seasons I think it was seven combined games during that period was your breakthrough that that 100 against Surrey in 2004? Yeah 100% I think I kind of I've been lucky that I got I had a year 2001 where I played I think this one championship game and did reasonably well but again didn't kind of get that big hundred and then as he said in and out through injury in 2002 and then went out of the team in 2003 2004 played a few games and it was only it was literally I had a good season the second team that year and a good one day season and I remember it was last game of the season and I, I kind of switched off I must admit and then I got a call from I think it must have been second team coach at the time Mark Robinson saying you need to get to Hove now because Ian Ward um who was open at the time is injured so you're playing so I just kind of had a few days of kind of relaxing and you know thinking about the winter and then all of a sudden I was playing and you know and I, I, I remember it very well I think I think we bowled first and then bowled them out and I remember being 69 not out um, overnight and just knowing this is my big opportunity to, to score 100 and I remember not sleeping and thinking oh and it, you know I mean I, I think I was in the you know 95 to 100 took me kind of eight to ten overs so 
it was um yeah it was it was a relief more than anything but a, a great way to kind of go into the winter and gave me a real confidence that um yeah that I I could that I'd improved and I could do very well at the level I think so yeah you talk about confidence the following season you replicated that 100 again against Surrey um, mm. followed up the touring Bangladesh side that were touring over the UK you made a double 100 in that game a real statement um, in terms of your kind of pedigree and just to say you know this is where you belong now yeah I think that period I think that was probably my most successful period as a player I remember that start of the season I felt I think I had I, um, I knew I, I knew that I was because I, I, I had a lot of games before even though I was 24 I had a lot of games I played um, and I kind of realised that I was up to the level and I just had a golden period that time and you know I think it was 700 runs in, in the first five first class games and I just felt so confident about what I was doing and very clear on my game plans and how I was going to go about it and my preparation and um, yeah it was a goal a real golden period and, and probably yeah it was it was a bit I think for, for people everyone else it was a bit oh how's this guy come along but for me I, I had a real belief in what I was doing and like I said you know my preparation everything and it, and it worked really well but um, yeah I think I think I think I was, luck, I was lucky in, in, a, in a strange sort of way that I had kind of a lot of bumps along the way and I was in and out of the team um you know I think right at the start of my career really sh struggled in first class cricket and and, and Sussex stuck with me and there's probably a couple of times where you know I could have been released I suppose if you know I, you know they might have said actually we've given him an opportunity he hasn't quite kind of taken it you know maybe maybe he's not quite ready and you know and Peter Moore showed a lot of faith in me and um you know and, and then and then it kind of and it all clicked so um yes yeah, so it was yeah, it was it was nice for to be backed and also to have the you know have the belief and and game to do it. So, and then talking about that Bangladesh game, you also got a fifer with your left arm spin. You were actually a medium pace bowler to start with. Am I correct? Where did the how did the kind of development come with your spin bowling? I I mean I, I played a few kind of one day quarter finals for Sussex and and bowled okay bowling seam, but I, I always felt that. I was always going to get whacked at some point. I remember playing a second team game and I got hit for 38 in the second team game. It's second team over. And uh, and it was like, right, this is not working. So over that over the winter of 2004-2005, I kind of started bowling spin. And, um, you know, when I first started bowling, I think, you know, that during that 2005 season, the bowl was kind of nice shape and, you know, spun the ball. And it was, you know, still part-time. But, you know, I think... I think it was some really good signs. And then the more one-day cricket I played, the more I got flatter and quicker and, and kind of developed a style more for one-day cricket. And, you know, probably well, it had a detriment on potentially by more overs in four-day cricket. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, that was the kind of transition I made, I think, because I just felt that, you know, I, I just, I, I felt, I always felt I had something with the ball, but it never quite clicked as a, as a medium pace bowler. So I, I tried spin and, and it came, reasonably not to naturally I had to work very hard at it but it wasn't you know something that was completely alien to me and then you got international recognition 2005 you got picked for the the a tour that toured west mm. indies who else was on, on on the tour at the time with you um and how yeah. was that as an experience and you talked about confidence it must have given you a lot of belief that england were now looking at you yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. i mean i mean the players on the tour were just strong um we started off with um 
Alistair Cook was actually on that tour and then played the first warm-up game and then got called up to go to India and then made a test debut, um, as did OSR. Um, I think Vikram Solanke was a captain, uh, Gareth Batty. Um, I'm probably going to miss a few. Stephen Davies, Stuart Broad. Um, Strong team. A number, it was yeah. a very strong... Ed, jo- Ed Joyce, you know, there was a number of um, number of fine players on it. Um, and it was a... Yeah, it was a real... Um, real it was a really good to be part of that. But I think the, it was something I didn't quite believe I was as good as the rest of the batsmen in, in a way. And, and that was that was kind of frustrating. To, even though... I, you know, my numbers stacked up and I had a very good county season. There was part of me that kind of like I looked around and, you know, we'd train at Loughborough and there'd be Alistair Cook and there'll be, um, you know, Ishar, you know, Ed Joyce. And, and you know, I look back now, I think, oh, I wish I hadn't thought like that. But at the time, I probably felt that I wasn't quite of that level of player. Maybe I wasn't. But I think, you know, if I advise anyone now, I wouldn't, it, it, don't worry too much about what other, you know, how good other players are. I just keep focusing on what, what you can do well and, and why you're there. So uh, that was a bit of a lesson. But it was it was great to be, get the recognition. Um, I probably didn't have as good a tour as I liked. Um, it came good in one day. And I think that kind of kind of set the tone, really, in terms of, um, you know, getting some England selection. I probably didn't score as many runs in two four-day games, but, you know, but bold and, and battery reason well in the one day. Yeah, so you said the the following summer, 2006, you get your uh, T20 international and ODI debut against Pakistan. You talked about it a little bit. You didn't feel as if you were good enough on the eight or in terms of the players you com- that were that were as part of the party. How what was the mindset when you got your call up and actually then started performing? You did reasonably well to begin with. Yeah, no, look, I I, I was happy. I, was, I think my first few games for England went really well. I think. Um, you know, the good good day. I think I was coming off. I, I was playing very well in counter cricket, and I was just coming off a final with Sussex. And I remember going down for a T20, and yeah, you know, and it was, and it all kind of clicked, and I had a good debut. And then, you know, yeah, I think yeah, you I think smashed twenty four or fourteen balls. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and and I remember just yeah, it was it was nice. It was kind of it was all a bit fresh and new. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was. And then we played uh, uh, a couple of games, and they didn't play two spinners, so. I think made my debut at Trent Bridge and took three wickets and bowled really well. And you know, <laughs> I look back now, and, you know, if you drop catches, I could have had five or six that day. It was just one of those days. Um, you know, and, and then we played at Edgbaston and um, you know, scored the winning runs and we did a little bit of a collapse and kind of saw us through with I think even just fifteen not out. So I, I think I went away and thought, okay, well, I, I never, I never, I was never one to think, well, you know, I belong. But I certainly felt that I could, you know, perform at the level. So, um, so yeah, I went away very encouraged and. Um, you know, looking forward to, uh, yeah, to kind of more opportunity, I suppose. Yeah, so the next opportunity came in the Champions Trophy. Um, England as a team didn't perform that well. Then was it a disappointment that you were then subsequently left out after that tournament? Um, I think... In Australia? Yeah, of course it was disappointing. I, I, I think I got given a new role and, and I look, again, I look back now and, and not, not with any kind of regret, but I remember... Kind of Andrew Flintoff coming to me and saying, "You want you to kind of play and bat at four for the first few games between himself and Kevin Peterson." And and I think I look, you know, I look back now and I think I was I was a bit kind of I probably you know didn't realise not not necessarily it was a big opportunity, but probably again didn't quite focus on what I could do well. Probably looked around and thought, oh, "There's a lot of good players here. Why well, they chosen me instead of actually thinking, oh, look, this is a.'" Yeah, it's opportunity. It's what I do well, and and kind of embrace it. And it, you know, and you know, there's a few games, and 
you know, I suppose it didn't quite happen as I'd like it. But um, yeah, I think, and that's what you try and do now as a as a coach is not tell people about your own experiences, but when people, you know, maybe don't recognise situations or recognise their strengths, that's your, that's your kind of job. So I, I think, um, yeah, I think if in hindsight, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have looked at it as a as an opportunity to take rather than you know why in in, in that sense. You know, a bit appeared out of the England team. You got made the skipper of Sussex in 2009. Mm. You said you can't through the ranks. Was that a proud moment for you? Oh, hugely, yeah. I think it was. It was um, it was an interesting time for Sussex because, um, you know, Chris Adams had been captain. Um, he had, he had left to go to Surrey as a as a coach. Uh, Mushtaq Ahmed, you know, missed a lot of the. 2008 season and actually we ended up I think in the 2008 season before I took over only stayed up by a point um, and then we had a it felt like a very fresh new squad um, we'd signed a few players that Joyce had joined um, but it was I remember in pre-season it was a real interesting one because you know he looked around as a new captain it felt all of a sudden we'd lost a lot of experience um, but there was a kind of fresh and you know an excitement and youthful kind of exuberance around the squad um, and we just I would, I'd say, you know, we, we did a lot of preparation for for white ball cricket. So we went to Dubai and we didn't take any red balls. We took white balls. Um, you know, and subsequently had an excellent white ball season, won the T20, um, you know, won the Pro 40 and got to the final of the Friends Provident. But, but you know, also went down in the championship. And I think, I remember the end of that year, I think, uh, yeah, a few members were a little bit disgruntled that we'd gone down. And it was because Sussex had, you know, won three championships. And, you know, you look, you look back at it and go, well, you know, you with the season before we stayed up we stayed up by a point and you know and this year you know we went down so I think but you know I think my my message to them was that you know I don't think you look there's no there's nothing on the um on the board trophy board saying about relegation it's all about you know winning trophies so I think you know in 20 years time when the Sussex look back and they go well we won the champion when the T20 in 2009 you know we won the Pro 40 you know I think you'd have to look at, you know, trophies that you've won rather than worrying about um, relegation. And, and actually, subsequently, went, we we um, went up the year after quite comfortably. So, um, it was a really, I mean, those, the, the couple of years, 2009, 2010, were, you know, really exciting years as a, um, as a you know, as a captain and, and being involved in Sussex. It was, a, you know, and it was, um, yeah, it was a good time. 2009, you know, would arguably be my favourite season, really. As you said, you won the, the, the white the white ball double. You think you get back into the England side yourself personally uh, in time for that T Twenty World Cup? Um, mm. Talk us through that whole journey, that tournament, and then eventually winning it. Was there a lot been written and said about the 2019 50-over home success? That's just that took place last year. But you were part of the team that won the England's first ICC Limited Overs Trophy. Yeah, I mean, I think time is everything, isn't it? And it kind of, I think it worked quite well. I, I was, I was playing well for Sussex. We'd, we'd actually qualified for the Champions League, so we got the opportunity to play a few games in India in, in the Champions League, which doesn't happen now, which is unfortunate because I think it was a really good kind of concept. Um, and yeah, I kind of got called up for England out of the blue. I, you know, it was that three weeks will, you know. You know, in my cricketing career, will rank as high as anything because I, you know, it was a great. I, I was really enjoying my cricket. Um, we were playing, you know, great, great bunch of guys. You know, in the West Indies, we had a, you know, real sense of um, we could do very well. I, I, I felt that from, you know, from the start of the tournament, there was a real, um, 
yeah, there was a real element of confidence in the group in terms of looking around and going, well, actually, you know, we've got players who can play certain roles. And it felt like they put a squad together that they worked out um, kind of what they wanted in their team and then found the players to kind of fit that. Fit that. So, um, yeah, for example, you know, Mike, um, Michael Lum and Craig Kiesvetter opening the batting. You know, the two guys who could take on the power play. And I know it seems kind of strange now, but, you know, people used to do that, you know, it's 10 years ago and people you know, go about the power play and, you know, very aggressively now, but it was kind of a little bit different in terms of how hardly they, hard they went at the power play. Um, and then you had, um, you know, Ryan Sidebottom as a left armour in, in the team as, you know, did a change of angle. And then, you know, and then the, we played two spinners in obviously Graham Swan play, but then I played as well. So they kind of looked at, you know, what they wanted in a team and found players around it where, I mean, I asked a question the other day and I think, I suppose the difference is, is that you look at the, team that have just won the 50 over World Cup has been it's been a huge build up in terms of from 2015 World Cup they've got the core of the players together and you know and they've and they've played um and they've played cricket together for a you know for a long time been very successful um where we kind of came together for three weeks really and um and it and it, and it really clicked and then going into the actual final from a mental perspective how did you find the pressure you know, going into a World Cup final I, an I mean, I suppose you, you're nervous and that's natural, but I don't, I don't think it was quite the, um, yeah, I think it was only a couple of day turnaround from the semi-final. It was more excitement, to be honest with you, um, because I think I was all very, it was all very new for me because I come back into the England team three weeks earlier and all of a sudden you're playing, a, you know, a World T20 final and it's, um, yeah, I mean, of course there's nerves and things like that, but I think there was an air of confidence in the group that if we, stuck to what we did well and how we played, you know, how we played through the tournament. Then we thought we'd have a really good chance of beating Australia. Um, so there was like that kind of, so the confidence didn't come from, you know, anything other than we knew we'd done well. And if everyone, you know, did their role well, um, then we'd have a great chance of winning it. And then the following year, 2011, uh, 50 over World Cup, you actually opened the bowling against um, South Africa. Mm. Was that a new- how did that come about? What was the discussions? What was the thinking behind that? It wasn't um, really I think at that time. No, no I think um, we'd spoken about it a little bit in the tournament and, um, and and it was yeah, it was an option, especially on that pitch. It, was a, it wasn't a great pitch. It spun from um, from ball one, really. So I, I opened the bowl and I didn't do it. I, I didn't do it particularly successfully. I, I think I bowled, I bowled okay, but, you know, I think I'd, li- I'd like to think if I'd have bowled, you know, as well as I could have, it would have been, you know, tricky to face on, on that type of pitch. Um, yeah, it was something a bit different. I think that was actually my last game for England, opened the bowling. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, against South Africa, it was a great win. So, And then, um, obviously, it's just been well documented that you had to leave the party um, due to depression. Are you able to perhaps share, you know, a few things that were going through your mind during that time? Yeah, I mean, I think it was... Uh... It was a culmination of a, of, a, of a kind of a lot of things. I think I got myself in a, you know, very bad place, um, kind of mentally in terms of um, my belief in um, myself, and and it was it was more. I think I'd always I'd always related my illness to cricket. So I, in my mind, I was like, I was in a really bad place. So kind of, I suppose the best way to describe it was the walls were closing in, and I was getting frustrated and angry with myself and. You know, and then I got upset myself. So I, was, I, I got myself in a, in a really bad place. And, and the way I kind of 
saw it was if I stopped playing for England, then it would go away. Um, and I, and, and I think that, you know, and it, it wasn't that. And then, you know, and then, it, you know, and then the next step was if I'm not captain for Sussex and it will, you know, all ease and things like that. And then it kind of, so I think it was, it was probably me in a little bit of denial that I thought if I could just kind of, you know, push certain things away in, in my life, then, then it would ease up. And actually it was a very short term view. And it's something that, you know, I, I certainly, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd play for England again. I don't know in terms of performance-wise, but I think I think I was, you know, naive to think that if I did certain things, and then you know, illness would go away. I think it's something that you know, a number of people manage through their lives, and you know, it's not some some people, you know, it it comes and goes. For other people, it, it's something you manage, and um, and you try, you know, you try to manage the best you can. Was there a support structure in place uh, for you to talk to anyone, whether that be with England or back home in Sussex? Yeah, no, no, I've I've been looked after, you know, well in that sense. I think I can't have any complaints that, you know, the ECB in Sussex were very supportive of me and, um, yeah, and put, you know, specialist people to help me, you know, obviously psychologists and um, psychiatrists to kind of diagnose, you know, my illness. And and I think that was... um, you know, so I was lucky, but that, that you know, some people don't have that, um, you know, don't have that straight away. And I was lucky that you know things were put in place, so I, so I could, you know, so I could, you know, just understand what was going on more. Because I think sometimes when you do have mental illness, you sometimes question, you know, what is going on. Some days you wake up and go, is there anything, you know, is there anything wrong? And then some days it's horrific. So, yeah, so I was lucky to have an understanding of that. So and, and it's something that I've kind of taken on to study myself. So. Um, yeah, in, in, you know, when I when I finished playing cricket, so it's um, yeah, it's 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 you know, it's good. I think it's very important to understand what's going on rather than just get kind of the you know medication or 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 a, or a solution. And then um, twenty thirteen, um, you relinquished the captaincy um, in the in the in the four day format and uh, the. 40-50 over format as well um, but you do lead uh, Sussex to finals day um, how are you how are you feeling about your cricket during that during that time I think it's, it's another um, like I said to you about the England stuff I think you know I, I probably thought if I go up the captaincy then everything would ease in you know my head and things like that and it doesn't always it didn't work like that and I don't think it ever does work like that so yeah, I probably wasn't in the greatest space probably you know, battling and um you know, I thought it was best at that time to give up the captaincy. And um, I met, do you know what? Maybe it was the right call for for the club. Um, and you know, you know, and maybe for me at the time. But you know, long term, I'm I'm not sure. For me, it was a it was you know, it wasn't a, a decision. Potentially, it was made rationally. Uh, it's kind of a bit of emotional kind of decision. And actually, now I'm going to stop and going to. Um, it's not one that I regret, but I think I think I'd rather had a, a bit of a longer period to kind of to think about it rather than being too hasty, which I probably was. And then 2015 retirement came. Talk us through that period. What were you thinking? Did you, was it a playing decision? Did you feel that you had more to, you just didn't have any more to give? Um, I still probably felt that I had the skill to play. And I I think I probably proved that right at the end because I scored a lot of runs at the end of the year. I think mentally I was, probably in a place where I was ready to to move on from cricket. Um, I think I played a pre-season game against one of the universities and um, at the Leeds and Bradford. And I remember being at the crease and just just looking up, just finding it really, 
hard work to concentrate and just felt like I didn't, yeah, there wasn't something quite right. And then we went to Hampshire and played a game. Um, and again, I wasn't in a great space. And subsequently, I, I missed the next, I think, two championship games or three championship games just to try and clear my head. But I think at that point, I made my decision I was going to retire. And then I think it was after a T20, I just thought I've had enough. And then, yeah, I look at it and, and, and I remember, and then right at the end of the season, I came back into the four-day kit team and I scored a few hundreds and a few 70s and, and was playing probably as well as I played for a, for a long time. Probably, you know, but I, I, I don't think it, and people say, oh, you relax. I don't think I relaxed. I just think I went back to what I was doing well before. Um, and, and that, you know, and it was nice, very nice to finish, you know, well, finish very strongly. Um, and it, I suppose there's always that thing of like, oh, well, you know, do you wish you'd stayed on a little bit because it was going well? But I, I didn't look at it like that. I thought it was, it was my time and, you know, I was just happy that it finished so well in terms of personally. <laughs> and then you went, yes, yeah, so Sussex, unfortunately, got relegated. Yeah, That's yeah, it. of course. Um, then you go into, as you mentioned previously, you went to academia, you studied psychology. Um, a fulfilling experience? Yeah, no, look, I've, that, that's that's probably eventually going to be the end goal to be a sports psychologist. Um, you know, I've done my undergrad for three years um, and now halfway through my master's. Um, I, find it, I find it fascinating. I think kind of my own experiences and understanding, you know, how the mind works, you know, the theories that, that you can kind of relate to, you know, my current role as a batting coach, what the theories you can relate, you know, how people think. And I, I think it's, really helped me as a coach um and i really you know I, I find it i think it fascinating i think it's something that you know people say it's, it's kind of not been touched upon i think it's just an understanding of players understanding you know how you know you, you how you think and your emotions you attach to those thoughts how can they how can influence the performance so i, I you know and, and and also how team environments work and you know and what type of theories are out there and how you relate them to your own experiences of what, when teams have been successful and, and, you know, and what that kind of environment looks like. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fascinating and something that, you know, I'm massively interested in. And then talk us through that transition into coaching back into cricket. Um, mm. First of all, the first step came back, back with Sussex as the batting coach. Um, yeah. How did that all come about? Yeah, so I would. I finished in 2015. 2016, I was asked to be the head coach of the under 17s, um, which yeah, I took on that role. I, I, I must admit, when I finished playing, I didn't have any kind of plans in in the sense of coming into coaching. I literally kind of knew I was going to study. Um, I got a job at a school as um, you know, cricket professional, and and, and did some football at Hurstbury Point in a very good school in Sussex. So. I was comfortable and they, they were very understanding of my kind of you know my further education higher education and you know it's very supportive towards that and I think um I, I yeah and then I enjoyed coaching but it, and and then it was the winter of probably yeah the winter start January 2017 and you know approached by um Mark Davis the coach head coach Sussex whether I'd want to come back as a batting coach um I think it was something that interested me and I was yeah I was keen to do I was a bit wary because I'd only finished playing but um yeah I think you can't necessarily hold off when the opportunities come up um I took it and um yeah it's been I've, I found coaching really interesting I've really enjoyed it I think you know working with different types of players and different types of pers personalities is very rewarding and also very challenging you talk about different personnel 
you you also had a stint with England under 19s and then more recently with uh, down under New South Wales how did that again come about yeah look, I um I applied for the England 19 batting coach job and was lucky enough to kind of get the role I, f- I feel that you know I, I think I kind of relate well to kind of players of you know 17 18 to 23 I think because I feel they've got the most growth and um and I really enjoyed that role I think it was a fantastic setup uh, in terms of the new south wales I you know it's about this time last, last year that they advertised their role for head batting coach um it's something really interesting I I felt that I needed to have an experience of coaching you know elsewhere from sussex um and and yeah it was a big it was a big big move um to go to, you know to sydney and and you know I I planned to be there for for at least two years but unfortunately I had to leave after a season through kind of family reasons but um yeah I mean it is certainly um kind of fast forward my learning being able to coach in Australia you know for New South Wales and working with different types of players you know Did you ever chance to work with the likes of Smith Stephen Smith or Yeah I mean Steve Smith, Steve Smith and, and and Dave Warner they played they played the first three shield games so kind of being around them and learning about how they go about it and yeah that was a you know really good obviously you know these types of guys know exactly what they want and what they're after so it's definitely a case of just facilitating um you know and so I had the opportunity to to work not just with top international players but you know Australian players from a different country um and also you know New South Wales is you know it's probably something that I appreciate now but I maybe didn't appreciate or how big a you know it's the biggest domestic um domestic organization in the world by a long way you know it's we'd have 50 players for for net sessions and then the opportunity to come home and then uh work as kent's uh batting coach for the upcoming season hope i'm not sure we're going to get any cricket this year but <laughs> yeah. you've the role um something you're excited about oh definitely i think um the one thing i suppose when you you look at clubs and you know i think even before I taken a role I was looked at Kent and thought they've got a lot of players who are kind of improving you know not like the phrase but they're kind of their curves are going up and you know there's a lot of players who you know who've been in the England set up from you know Joe Denley Sam Billings now you know Zach Crawley and you know guys in the lines like um Milnes and, and and Robinson so you know and even even down to the under 19s of uh, Cox and and Kadri so you know, there's a lot of players who are who are being you know being recognised, and and you know I think it's it's testament to the club that it's going in the right direction. Brilliant, Mike. I uh, really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for being so open and honest about everything. And uh, fingers crossed, we do get some cricket this season. All the best. Cheers. Neil Cagram, cricket last stories. Michael Yardi. Thank you. <laughs>